Thanks for joining us on the War on Marriage podcast. I'm Nick. And I'm Robin. And we believe marriage needs to be fought for. Christ says in Matthew 19, 6, What God has joined together, let no man separate. Yet we constantly see and hear otherwise. Join us as we have honest discussions on in-laws, money, fights, and of course, sex. Together, we will learn from Christ and others about how to fortify our marriages. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. Today we will be talking about basically calling each other out and just a way to support each other in this kingdom here on earth with marriages. Yeah, it's a conversation or an idea that kind of came to us as we were traveling to our friend's house. Um, the idea of how is it that we speak into other people's marriages? And I think, well, first of all, it's a hard thing to do, but I, I don't think it should be, right? Like it should be this natural conversation that we are able to have with other couples. Yeah, because it's also the idea of we know that we don't always have things right and then we'll never have anything perfect. So how do we invite someone to speak into our lives? And it's like, okay, well, that's one thing. But if we don't even feel comfortable talking to someone else's lives, then that means there's a whole heck of a lot of other people who don't either. Right, because there could be things that we are struggling with in our lives that we need other people to speak into because we can put the blinders up on ourselves, right? Like we've had that in our relationship before where we have essentially lived in sin. And, you know, there were instances where we were speaking into other people's lives and we didn't really have that back into us. And I think it kind of got to the point where we were looked at as a people who just, you know, maybe condemned or, or talked into other people's lives. So it's a little bit of hypocrites because we had our own problems. Right, for sure. But I think part of it was some of it we we talked ourselves into it being okay. Yeah. And we needed people to say like basically just call us out as like, hey, no, this isn't okay. And we probably would have gone on the defensive. Right. But then that alone would, I would have hoped, would have opened our eyes. Right. So looking at this idea of speaking into other people's lives and having them speak into yours, um, I, I think there's this sort of mutual understanding that needs to happen, right? Like, how do you just go to someone or another couple or whatever and say, hey, can you uh, speak into my life? <laughs> and, you know, maybe they're younger um, in their relationship, um, but they're your good friends. And it's like, well, <laughs> then those people are like, uh, how am I going to speak into your life? You've been married for five years. We just we're still engaged or we just got married. Yeah. Or even a single friend. But yeah. it's just the idea of. We know what a marriage should look like. We know Mm -hmm. how individuals should be treated and respected because all human beings should be respected. And if we're not seeing that, if that's not happening, then there's there's a disconnect somewhere. Yeah. But I think one of the other things is we don't want to, because I think about it with other people, like if I see something happening with someone else, I 
immediately think of like what should be right. But then I also think, uh, maybe like, maybe they already have it under control. Maybe they are already aware of it. Maybe they already talk about it. So I don't, I don't want to bring it up or maybe I'm just wrong. Maybe I'm seeing it incorrectly. Yeah. I think for me, I think a lot of like, whenever I, um, give advice or we give advice or whatever it may be, it's like, there's sort of this rush of like, well, what have we done wrong? <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Or like, what have I done wrong? So it's like, it's weird because these conversations, I think, are necessary at a relationship level, right? Couples with couples. But I think mm-hmm. oftentimes a lot of these conversations happen between individuals. You know, I will talk with my guy friend mm-hmm. about certain things and you will talk with your girlfriend about certain things. And... So like we're looking at how do we collectively or like how do we as couples speak into other couples' lives? And, and it's hard. <laughs> I think that's why we're we're having this conversation to sort of talk through this stuff because honestly, we don't fully have it together at all um, in terms of how we do this because one for us, a lot of our friends are not near us. Um, you know, yeah. a lot of our good friends are not near us. They're in Texas or North Carolina or across the world. Um, so they could be doing things. You know, we get this glimpse or we hear these things and it's like, well, maybe, you know, maybe we have an opportunity to talk with one another or to see what's going on. And I don't think that's bad. But when it gets into this idea of speaking into or trying to help other couples, it's like we don't know fully what's going on we just get this glimpse of thing or this idea or concept and i think that's where phrasing is super important because say like i saw something happening with you or whatever um you like start to smell or something like that and i would walk up and you're like hey you really think you need to go take a shower but there was like legitimately other things going on in addition to it. it's like well i was taking care of this or i was doing that or i was doing this yeah. like the assumption walking into a conversation with preconceived assumptions are not usually the best conversations. Right. But if you walk into a conversation, just trying to open up the atmosphere, just trying to open up the space to have that conversation and open up for them to talk about whatever it is, then I think that's a different story. But to walk in and say, listen, this is the problem you have and this is how you need to fix it is one rude and the assumptions are wild it's as if they haven't already talked about it themselves or maybe they've already resolved the situation that you might have seen we don't know but and i think that's sometimes why majority times for me that's why i don't want to talk about don't want to talk to other people it's because like well they probably already figured out they're fine yeah but if you have that assumption right you end up you know, sort of bringing it back to our experiences. The assumption of everything's fine. Yeah. Then you, Mm. you, you get into this idea or not this idea, but it becomes this thing where, oh, I assume everything's fine. Therefore it is fine. When in reality, like we needed help, like not that there was anything necessarily like terrible, but we were in sin, right? Like we needed just as we had this friend group that we were speaking into, like, it, unfortunately, it became that we were, you know, the mom and dad, I, I think. I think that's how it was perceived. So, therefore, nothing could be s- spoken into us. It was always us. And then it was it was like, well, 
the the perception could have been i don't know if this is the case is that like well we're blameless in everything we do right like we're just speaking into your lives and we're perfect and we have everything figured out when it was the complete opposite and then when these sort of revelations came out of like how we were sort of struggling in our relationship you know it it just it, it wasn't good right so like when we sought out help it wasn't there yeah and i think one of the issues with that is the fact well it's not really an issue i think one of the things that was happening is i believed the way to invite people in is to basically create that relationship where we can call each other out such as like hey i called you out so that means you can call me out but i wasn't saying that i was just like hey like maybe this is something that you should work on or something like that and it turned more into of I'm high and mighty. Right. Yeah. Which was very difficult. But so not really sure of how to invite people in. So if anyone has an idea on that, please let us know. But when it comes to speaking into others' lives, I think the reason why I find this to be so important is because of how much we needed it. And I think sometimes we just need to encourage other couples to do the same for each other. Because if even if you perceive something and you're like, well, it's just my perception. It could be wrong. Mm-hmm. If you're perceiving something, let's be honest, perception is reality. Then there is a disconnect because although the heart may be in the correct place and they're, they mean all the right things, their actions may not be coming across to reflect their heart the right way. So that's where an adjustment might need to take place. It doesn't mean like their entire world needs to change or like you're trying to change everything about them. It's just like, Hey, I'm perceiving this this way. Is everything okay? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, looking introspectively, like there are situations where um, there's been things I've said in in front of other people that maybe weren't in the best light, right? Like, um, and I, you know, I don't expect anyone to be like, hey, man, don't say that. But like, there's this weird... um, I guess, idea in my head that, well, if I'm doing anything wrong, then someone would say something, right? But silence is acceptance. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. It's like there's it, this... But like that's how we feel in our own hearts. If we yeah. don't hear any negative things back, then it's like, they're accepting it. Right, right. And, and that leads to sort of slippery slopes in terms of like, not only, I mean, I think in society and life in general, that's the case, right? Like there's this like implicit acceptance of things, but then that sort of leads down a slippery slope. But I think that's especially true in marriage in terms of like couples having this sort of relationship where they don't let anyone in, right? And there's just this big echo chamber and either everything's good or they're not seeking counsel or they're not going to groups where maybe there's uh, other people, you know, that maybe are suffering through the same thing. So like you and I could be going through this issue, but we think, Hey, we're the only ones ever going through this, you know, that's, or we just think that it's normal and that it's fine. Yeah. When in reality it's, it's not normal. So, or there's just a, a more joyful thing or yeah. more a better thing for it there's a better solution yeah. oftentimes to a lot of things than just you know gritting your teeth right mm-hmm. like i think that's why like the statement marriage is a ball and chain yeah oh i hate that 
I hate it. Right. Like, don't get me wrong. There's been times and struggles in our marriage. Heck the past eight months with COVID, I think has tested every single relationship <laughs> in one way or another, whether it's, you know, a spouse lost a job or we've had to spend more time than we thought we ever would together <laughs> at home. And, you know, maybe it's even brought couples apart like some people have had to spend more time at work or yeah or because people already have a long distance relationship they haven't been able to see each other yeah these past eight months because they can't travel so don't get me wrong they're like this has been a trying time i think for every couple but i think it's why now more than ever that conversations need to be having between couples but more importantly amongst um multiple couples right like when i say amongst couples i mean between a man and a wife or boyfriend and girlfriend or an engaged couple but but it needs to expand to encompass a broader group of just this echo chamber of you know the man and the woman so to speak one of the things that i think is that we really need to understand as christians as married people as couples relationships friends In any sense, I think one thing that we really need to realize is every single person makes a difference. Whether you acknowledge it or not, you are impacting whatever group you're a part of Mm -hmm. and every single person that's a part of that group by either A, actively working to improve it, or B, passively solidifying the old ways by doing nothing. So it's the idea of if we're in a group where there's, um, say like we're in a group and we have all of our all of our other friends around and you start making comments i'm currently pregnant and you start making comments about how i look fat or how i can't fit in anything and all these rude comments and no one says anything it's basically saying like what you're doing is okay rather than saying it's like hey that's not nice like she's pregnant she might be self-conscious about it or like no she's beautiful or just counteracting it in any other way that not doing anything no we are not saying anything that approves of those statements but we're not doing anything that disproves it that yeah no that yeah that that makes sense yeah basically like again silence is acceptance or you have these which i know is a touchy saying (laughs) that's not the way that we mean it (laughs) right but there's this idea i mean um you know political ideologies don't often start and I don't mean to bring politics into this, but it's it's very, it's easily applicable in terms of like the some of the worst atrocities in history. <laughs> of course, I'm trying to compare marriage to a terrible atrocity, but like I'm not meaning to. Anyways, I'm just going to stop rambling. But you you have these terrible atrocities. They they don't just start by saying, you know. Um, these people are evil and we need to destroy all of them. It's, it's, a, it's a slow trickle of acceptance over time of these certain little things then that, that then lead to this large thing, right? Like, yeah. It's easy to compare stark differences night from day, mm. but it's hard to do that comparative when there's a gradual transition to that. So... In the middle of the night, if you've been out all night and all of a sudden it's pitch black and you've just been working, sometimes you don't really recognize like, oh, I need all y'all saying need a flashlight to do my work because it just gradually, it just gradually went to darkness. 
But if you were in the middle of the day and you saw those two differences of light to dark, it would be easy to see is like, oh, this is dark. Like we should probably stop working now. But because of that gradual increase, such as accepting this one small phrase and then this other small phrase and this other small phrase, slowly accepting it where it builds off of each other, you can't see that stark contrast from one way to the other. Yeah. And I think that, you know, we're speaking of this at, you know, just over a year in marriage and like we haven't fully experienced a lot of the trials of marriage i mean you know the biggest thing is kids and stuff like that and we're we're on our way we're almost (laughs) there we got a few more months but like maybe older couples you know older or ones that have been married for longer would say like well we've been married for 20 something years so like how do we address that like how would you know you or I speak into our parents' lives, for example, or how would we speak into maybe an older couple we met somewhere that we're hanging out with and we hear things that he or she says or does actions that, you know, we're like, should should you be doing that? Or is it just like, well, they've been married for 25 years. Then How do we say anything like that? What, what do you think about that? The idea comes into my mind as like, who do you think you are trying to give marriage advice to your parents? <laughs> that's the thought that comes into my head. Right. But that's what we're trying to get away from. And I'm not specifically saying we need to go talk into our parents' lives. That's not, not, that's not what I'm saying. But that as an example of someone who's older than you, someone who's been through a lot more in life, having feeling comfortable enough or feeling where you need to just bring something up. It's like, hey, I noticed this happens. Is everything okay? Or um, that was a little weird. Is like, what's going on? Something like that. Like, where do we find a place of comfort with that? And one of the things that second came into mind after that first thought was the idea that Jesus didn't come to this earth to make friends. Mm. (laughs) He did a lot of things that were not, that a lot of people didn't agree with. And that's also what we're here to do on earth. Like we're not here to make friends, to make everyone happy. Like when he went into the square and he flipped the table, that didn't make anyone happy. Or like when there was the Samaritan woman at the well and he walks up. Now he loved, he loves people. He loves everyone. He loved the Samaritan woman and basically called her out. I was like, yeah, I know you don't have a husband. You have three. Mm. And she's like, excuse me? He's like, yeah, I know all that about you. I'm not saying that to shame you. I'm not saying that because I don't like you. I'm saying that because I know that and I still love you. Mm. And I feel like we need to get away from this idea of putting up these walls of this picture-perfect image, this picture-perfect relationship, trying to get the hashtag relationship goals and all things like like, like <laughs> all things like that. Because when you put up that wall of this facade, this image this mask if you get people to love that wall the love only makes it to that wall Mm. it's not going to you it's not going past that wall because it stops right there because they don't know what is past it so even though you're getting what you think you want it's not actually going to you so if you want to actually receive the love of others and that deep relationship that deep connection we need to break down those walls and we need to be comfortable enough where those things that we're ashamed of we need to realize that people will still accept us, that we're still accepted and we're still loved, even though 
we are ashamed of a few things in our lives or maybe a lot of things in our lives. Mm -hmm. And I think when we're able to break down those walls, one, we feel comfortable enough to speak into others because we acknowledge just like, yeah, I'm broken. I know you're broken too, but I still love you. And I want you to know that I want you to feel that type of true love Mm -hmm. because you won't actually feel my love fully if you think I only love this image of you. Mm-hmm. And then we also feel comfortable with us, with ourselves. We are then humbled and hopefully we can start breaking down our walls and we can show our true selves, which I would hope is what will allow others into our lives. Because I think if one of the things was we were ashamed. Yeah. And I think if we just acknowledge that people would still love us, even though we were sinning, then we would have been open, but I was like, hey, I'm struggling with this. Can you help me? Yeah. But then the same time, the idea is just because people, it's the idea of love the person, not the sin. So although you are sinning and you reveal it to a person, it doesn't mean they're going to love you, love the sin that you're doing. So the example that uh, my friend Noelle once said to me, I was struggling with something and I didn't know what to do. And she said, Robin, you need to have that hard conversation. I was like, I just don't know. She's like, well, if you had a friend that was anorexic, she had lost a ton of weight because she wasn't eating and she was now skin and bones. You being a supportive friend does not mean you walk up and say, wow, I love how much weight you have lost. You look amazing skin and bones. No, actually supporting her is saying, hey, I think you're struggling. We need to get some help. And having that hard and awkward conversation. So if we actually love and support other people, then we need to have those hard and awkward conversations. Yeah. And I think the struggle, though, of that is recognizing or doing it humbly. Right? Mm. I think <laughs> I pronounced that weird, but doing it humbly <laughs> with humility. Because at the same time that we are trying to um, help them, we need to recognize that so often that we also need help. And and I think that's what you're getting at is that as you invite yourself to help others and the, the hard part is sometimes maybe getting them to recognize that you are trying to help Mm. because it could just look as you trying to speak into or, um, preach preach yeah yeah exactly into their lives it's like no 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 you need help right like i can see it and so often we can't see when we need help you know like we're blinded to it oftentimes you know alcoholics don't recognize they're alcoholic until something happens some outside force or they or just don't want to they don't want to know you know your your example with anorexia or i mean the, the list goes on and on yeah. you know and it, the example same thing with that if you're not supporting that person by taking food away from her but you are still approving what she's doing by not saying anything it, right so so there's this this weird point where it's like i, I don't like what you're doing it's not healthy i, I still love you but there's this recognition of what you're doing is wrong. It's harmful to yourself. It's harmful. But like, I also need help. 
you know, there's a sort of give and take that needs to be needs to happen. And I think so often, so often people get caught up in this idea of like, well, I'm going to speak into their lives because they need help. Well, yeah. So everything has a slippery slope because anything we do, the enemy is so ready to taint it and Mm. manipulate it. So the idea of getting healthy and like, I'm going to start working out, I'm going to start eating right. Then it turns into vanity yeah, or pride or ego, like, or getting a new job that you are so excited about and you're so humbled by and you know that you don't deserve it, but then you're in it for a little bit and you realize like, oh, I'm doing pretty well at this. Like I'm good at this job. Like anywhere you turn, anything you do, the enemy is ready to taint it. And it is such a small little switch that can just happen from being humble to prideful or ego or vain or whatever way you want to look at it. So although that is the case and that can happen to us where we can all saying put ourselves on a high horse and be like, this is how you need to do it. Although that is a downfall that could happen and that we need to try avoid, there's going to be downfalls with anything you do. It doesn't mean that it is not worth trying because then we shouldn't do anything because the enemy is going to try to taint everything we do. Right. Yeah. So I think the biggest takeaways are this sort of humble mentality, this humility that you need to have when talking with other couples. And I think even before that is there is a need. I mean, I think especially right now in this world, there is a need for, you know, people to be spoken into right not like spoken to not like a father to his son but spoken into right like this there's this there's a lot of pain yeah there's sort of this uplifting but um it's also a healing conversations that need to happen between uh different couples and saying that well maybe you're not the only one going through this here here's how you can do this or I've gone through this. Here's what my wife and I did, or here's what we did as a couple to resolve this. I think it's also important to understand when walking into conversations like that, like that to not expect to dominate the conversation. Cause sometimes all people need is to talk. Right. So like a lot of times in the Christian faith, if you're going through something hard, people tell you to go read Job, the book of Job. <laughs> I, hate that because he just had terrible things happen to him his friends came and then started telling us like well you did something wrong this is your fault and they're speaking to his lives but it's not helpful the one thing that was very helpful to him is when they first came they came they saw he was in pain they ripped off their clothes they sat in the dirt with him and i think they just sat there with him for five days sometimes what people need to be supported is just to allow them to talk yeah so I think that's that's definitely one takeaway is go into these conversations with humility um, and, and recognize that they just need to get stuff out or talk through things sometimes and maybe you don't even need to say a word. Another takeaway that I think is important is get rid of this hashtag relationship goals this building up this wall of a perfect relationship because what that does is it actually blocks people out from ever being able to speak into your lives. I'm sorry, but your marriage, you your relationship, there will be times when you stumble. 
and you're going to need people to speak into it. But if you build up this wall as we're perfect, we're fantastic, we have the right ideas, we're not struggling, then no one's going to feel comfortable enough to speak into your life. Yeah, and, and I think with that, you need to um, be open to being spoken to, right? You need You need to have this... Again, I think it kind of goes back to humility of of saying when someone does have the, um, you know, builds up the courage, so to speak, if you've put up this wall, right? You have the perfect Instagram or you have the perfect life mm. and there's this <laughs> social media, you're so great and your skin is nice all the time, I don't <laughs> know. But like, then when someone says, oh, uh, how how are you guys, how is your intimacy or, you know, how, are you guys reading your Bible together or something along those lines? Well, it's like, uh, no, why do you care? Well, y- you can't do that. Yes. And I totally that. struggle yeah. with that. And so, because our natural response is to go on the defensive. Yep. And one thing that you have helped me learn and that I'm still working on learning is the idea of when someone comes to you with constructive criticism whether good or bad or like in a positive way or negative way to still take it on board because it's coming from somewhere there's some form of perception that is not that your heart is not portraying the right way so although you might completely disagree with it just let it sit with you for a little bit be silent for a little bit be like okay how is this true Like, just try to think of how it's true. Come up with it. And if at the end of the day, you're like, no, like, they were just wrong. Okay. But at least try to accept it. And then if it was wrong, go back. And it's like, hey, like, I was thinking about it. It, There's, like, these other things. Like, or you just didn't see the full story. And this was the full story. And that's okay. That's great. You just continued a conversation rather than shutting people down. Right. Yeah. And... I think the last thing is the encouragement of seeking out people to be able to have these conversations Mm. with, right? You know, I I know we had mentioned that our good friends are sort of um, in all corners of the U.S. and some have even been around the world at some point. So it's it's hard um, to really learn about what's going on because we can have that, you know, quote-unquote perfect skin and beautiful relationship even on a zoom call or even on a phone call so it's it's sort of up to you it's sort of up to us to um be vulnerable Mm. in certain instances and and sort of confide in people you trust that you know sometimes you have to take a look at yourself and say maybe we aren't doing everything right yeah Um, and and heck Maybe that involves counseling sometimes because, you know, counseling isn't always just for the worst of the worst times. You know, Yeah, we I really think, need to get rid of that stigma. Yeah, and, and I think it's not just like mental health counseling, but like marriage counseling. Yeah, you can go through marriage counseling and be in a good point in your marriage. But it, it then brings up things that maybe you need to work on. And, and, and I think that... It's just a check-in. Is, yeah, it's Check just... Up. A, you, you go to the doctor, you know your primary care physician what should be once a year right you go to the dentist should be two times a year or once a year or whatever it is like why don't we do that with our relationships so i, I think that's 
sort of another challenge or um, or takeaway that yeah. maybe we get is. And I mean, that can you can start internally with that as well, where you sit down with your spouse and you're like, hey, let's let's do a checkup with our marriage or with our relationship. And you're like, okay, let's plan a date this Friday. Like we're going to go out for a walk or we're going to go for a dinner for dinner. And we're just going to talk about our relationship, things that might bother us, things that we think we should continue doing because it's healthy and things that we think maybe we should veer away from because it's not that healthy. And that's, that is a hard thing to do because you don't, it's going to bring up things that maybe you don't want to talk about. Yeah. And you don't, maybe you're worried that it's going to hurt the other person's feelings, but if you have it placed on your heart and it's bothering you, then that alone is enough to bring it up because eventually those little things that don't mean anything can build up and keep building. So when you get in a fight, all those little things come up. Why? Because you never talked about it. It wasn't a big issue then, but when they stack up, it's a lot. Yeah. Well, awesome. Um, If you want to continue this conversation Feel free to reach out to us on our Instagram or Facebook at War on Marriage Podcast or reach out to us via email at WOMarriage at gmail.com. And we will end this episode with a little prayer from Robin. <laughs> God, I just want to. Pray over our marriages, God. Pray over our relationships, God. Pray over all the relationships that we go into and all the relationships that we have with friends. God, help us to break down these walls of trying to be picture perfect. Help us to be vulnerable. Help us to have humility, God. And help us to not veer away from a conversation just because it's going to be awkward or hard or painful, God. Help us to open it up. Help us to not be scared of embarrassment or whatever it is, God. And I pray that I pray that you just use us individually and together as a couple for other couples as well, God, and that people are willing to speak into our lives as well. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.